Hi guys, I'm Rylan and welcome to my podcast, Reunion, the show all about reuniting blasts from the past, brought to you by my friends at Sky Bingo. So today I'm really excited because I'm joined now by someone I've known for many years and he was in one of the biggest boy bands in this country. I was a bit of a fangirl, I'm not going to lie. I still am a bit of a fangirl. Um, and he's just an all-round good bloke. And he's joining me now on the right union. It's Duncan James. I dunk. How much do you want me to pay you for that intro, Roy? <laughs> Quite a lot. Quite a lot. Pay well, me in kind. How are you? I will pay you in kindness. Yeah, I'm good. It's lovely to see you. Lovely to see your lovely face. It's always lovely to see you, Duncan. Have you been keeping well? I've been keeping very well. I've been trying to stay out of mischief, trying to... Oh, I bet you know, that was difficult. Very difficult. But, uh, you know, I managed to succeed very well. Um, I think we've all just, you know, had to just get on with life, haven't we, in this weird old world that we've been living mm, in? It's been, a, it's been quite a crazy couple of years. But I'm trying to work out when I first met you because I think it was before I'd even done X Factor. Really? Yeah, I think it was one night. Oh, <laughs> one night. Party. No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. <laughs> um, I think it was one night at a party at Simon's house. Oh, wow. Believe it or not. Wow. I do remember you on the, on the X Factor. I do remember being a fan of yours. And, and then, of course, I met you, obviously, during all of that kind of time. Um, I think you were ginger back then, right? I was not ginger back then. I've not been ginger since I was about 14. <laughs> Leave it out. <laughs> but no, we have known each other for, well, at least 10 years now, which is quite crazy. Um, but this podcast is all about reunions. How are you feeling about having some of your own reunions today? Do you know what? Um, I, I really enjoy kind of um, anything to do with going back in the past and having a little reminiscent down memory lane. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, mm. it's nice. It takes me back to a time in my life where um, everything was good. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> so it. So it's just nice to have a little trip trip down memory lane, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's go down that lane because we can't not talk about Blue. It's the biggest part of your life, to be yeah. perfectly honest. So let's go all the way back. Tell me about when you first met the boys. How did it happen? Who put you together? How, how did it feel? How old were you? What were you wearing? <laughs> so back in the day, uh, there used to be, before all these TV shows like X Facts and everything, there was a magazine or newspaper called The Stage. And at the back of The Stage was all the kind of auditions. And I don't know if you remember this, but okay. I used to get like a marker pen and, and circle out all the different types of auditions that I used to want to go up to. Uh, go up for and um, there was one in there which we didn't know at the time was for Virgin Music Virgin Records and they were looking to put a band together and um, it didn't mention anything about the record label they just asked for people to send off your CV your pictures and a demo tape because back then everything was on tape so I did I sent everything off and then I got an audition in a place called No Miss Studios in London and I turned up rock up and I met Anthony there um, and then I met Lee and um, little did we know that actually it was like the head of Virgin Records was sat there and no. um, they were looking to put the next big band together. And of course, at the time, we didn't know anything. We just thought it was just another audition with these people you turn up for. Um, a bit like the kind of audition that you see on TV, you know, when you yeah. when, when you see X Factor and stuff, a bit like that. A, a bunch of people sitting there, you haven't got a clue who they are, and you just do a little sing-song for them. Um Anyway, cut a long story short, uh, we formed the band with two other members 
And the day we went to sign our record contract, we get a phone call. Well, I got a phone call from my manager at the time. He said, right, you, Lee and Anthony, need to come in to Virgin to sign your contracts. But the team have decided we're not going to go with the other two boys. So you need to try and find a way of getting away from them. And uh, you, Anthony and Lee need to get here. And uh, unfortunately, Stop we're not, here. yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to sign the other two. And we were, I was just like panicked on the phone. So had to make up some excuse. <clears throat> we're all together. I had to make up some excuse oh, that it wasn't God. happening. And then I had to get Anthony and Lee with me. And we had to get a taxi and head over to Virgin Records with the other two. And it was awful. It was so shady. <sighs> I know. And we signed the record contract. And then we went on a, on a mission to basically find another member. And that's when we got Simon involved. Um, but before we got Simon involved, I remember we did this, we did an audition at Pineapple Studios and we were sat there and we got all these different guys coming in to audition for us um, and to sing for us. And it was like, we were like Simon Cowell, do you know what I mean? And blooming, blooming, <laughs> blooming those guys, that's what we were like. And I remember us sitting there and we saw so many different people um, and then we, nobody was suitable, but, but, but. Simon, obviously, we knew because uh, Lee and Simon were living together at the time. They were really good mates. Really? I'd met Simon at another audition before, so I knew who Simon was. And, um, yeah, and the record company loved him. And then um, they signed they signed him, and then Blue was formed. And that was it. And, and that, that was it. this history. Yeah. I mean, I remember we, we went off to... Um, a place called uh, Trondheim, which is in, in Norway, to record our song, All Rise. And I remember when we walked into that recording studio, up, up on, the, um, on the little desk where you, you do your singing, there was song lyrics with names. And back then it was pop, pop stars, I think it was. And Hearsay had just gone, they had been there literally the day before we arrived. No. They had recorded their song, Pure and Simple, and it hadn't been announced who was in the final, who'd made the hearsay because it hadn't been aired. So we knew <laughs> by looking at, we saw the sheet of who's singing which bit, like Kim, uh, Suzanne. So we saw all the kind no, of little names. Suzanne. Yeah. yeah. No. So that was, that was mad. Cool, they didn't keep that one under wraps then, did they? Norway they, didn't give two Exactly. That was their song, Pure and Simple. Pure and simple, gotta oh, that be was a there. Tune, say, we could have all been in here, say, let's be honest. Did you ever keep in touch with the other two guys? Like, how did that end? No, it just went, it was really weird, actually. And to be fair, I felt, I felt so, so gutted for them mm. because literally they were so close to getting signed and then the record company just, they just had reservations and they didn't want to sign them. Um, and you know what this industry's like, it's so cutthroat. And back then, I think it was even more Mm. But I was just at the time glad that, you know, I wasn't the one being axed at the last minute. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, we never, we, never, we never stayed in contact with them. I think they were really upset and hurt by it and kind of felt a certain way that mm. we were still in the band and they weren't. So it all just went a bit weird. Mm. But you know what? As, as cutthroat as it is, unfortunately, that's the business we all work in. Um, and it weren't your choice at the end of the day. So they shouldn't have any hard feelings towards you. Yeah. I never saw him again after that. So 20, 22 years ago, that was, it was a long time. My God. I know. My God, that is a long time. And you, I mean, the band was so successful. You had hits all over the world. You know, people absolutely adored the four of you. Still do to this day. And I've got to say this as well. The four of you are such decent blokes as well. It's quite rare, actually, that you meet a band where everyone's just decent. 
Do you not think that? Yeah, I, I think we've been very lucky, and I think that's the reason why, right? We've we've been friends for all this time. We've never had a fallout. We've never had a kind of member leave. We've never had a mm. uh, you know a face swap in the band. We've we've kept it always original, um, and we just get on really really well. And I think in the whole twenty. 20, well, 20 years in the public eye, so we've been together, but 22 since we we formed. We've never had an argument. Um, maybe we had like a, a couple of discussions, but never anything bad. Mm. Um, and we've always got on really well, you know, and, and everybody's very different. You know, Lee is a bit crazy and we all know and Simon's very calm and collected and Anthony's the little joker of the group and he's a grafter. And um, we just, we just always got on really, really well. I think the dynamic of, of all of our different personalities, just all complemented each other. And it was the same with our vocal as well, when we would get in the studio and sing. I was sing, about to say that, and your voices as well. The voices. Yeah, and the, your voices work. The different blend of all of our voices are so different, our tones and everything, but together it created a really lovely sound. And I think that's what we were really, uh, we were blessed with. And how did it feel sort of getting into the band, you then start having the success after all rise, everyone was like, who are these four boys? We want them everywhere. You then started to become massive pretty much instantaneously mm. after that track and that would have put you into situations where you're then working alongside x and y and being on the same bill as this person and that person what was that like for you yeah it happened really quickly i mean i just remember being on an airplane literally every single day and we were like um in sweden or in germany or we were in japan or we spent a lot of time in asia actually um and it was insane because we just just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and, you know, we were having all these number ones around the world. And it was just like real pinch yourself insane moments. And then mm. um, Lee actually came up with an idea to do Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Word because he always loved that song, the original. And uh, he, I remember him talking to the record label about it. And they said, what a great cover that would be. So we actually went to Stargate, who produced all of our big hits in, in Norway. And they did the version that you know today of Sorry Seems to Be. And um, we turned around and we said, God, wouldn't it be amazing if we could get Elton John to play the piano on the track? So a record company contacted Elton and we said, would you, would you play the piano? Because we didn't, never in a million years thought he'd come and sing on the track. But we just thought, wouldn't it be amazing if Elton's like playing the, like mm. the piano, like the original? And he agreed. And then we set up the recording studio where he was going to come and he was going to play the piano. And he walks in and he was like, do you mind if I sing? And we're just kind of like, oh my God, please, you know, there's the microphone. So I think we were in... Um, Stop it. I know. I think we were in Abbey Road Studios where, where it was, where he came in. And literally he sat down at the piano to play and he had a mic set up for him. And he just sung it, what you heard, in one take. It's a one take he did it in. And um, I remember he come in his little tracksuit and uh, he literally was in and out within within 40 minutes, played the piano, sung the song, and off he went. And um, we were just like, oh my God, amazing. And then the question was, do you think he'd be in the music video with you? And uh, we all kind of bit, oh, he's probably so busy. He probably didn't, you know, he doesn't want to be in a music video. And then I remember we were at some music event, uh, award show, and he was getting up to perform at the end. And he turned around and he knew that we were there. And he said, do you want to get up and sing So It Seems to Be the Hardest Word with me? And we're just like, are you joking? Oh my God, that'd oh be amazing. 
So he invites us up on stage. I mean, we're all bricking it, completely bricking it in front of all these industry people. So we sang Sorry Seems to Be With Him. And I think it was like at the end of the end of the performance or something, I said to him, do you want to be in our music video? We're shooting it next week. And he went, all right then. And we're like, what? So well, yeah, leave it out. Leave it, it out. It was that. It was done just like that. It was done just like that. And um, oh, I'm going to ring Elton up. I'm ringing Elton up. I'm not having this. <laughs> it was amazing, actually. And uh, yeah, we did the music video with him. And of course, the rest is history. That song went number one in so many different countries around the world, and it was one of our biggest mm. songs to this day. And it was a huge number one for us in England. Um, and yeah, we just. That, I think, catapulted us to the next kind of level after we had that success. Mm. And look at look at Elton now. I mean, he's just having number ones with, with everybody now, isn't he? He's a Dua Lipa and yeah. uh, um, Ollie yeah, Alexander. You started the trend, Dunk. You started the trend. I know, we did. It was thanks to us, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's he's... It's all down to blue. All it's all down to blue. But he's, um, he's just... He's such an amazing man and such an icon and such a legend. I mean, even... Yeah, like 17 years ago when we did Sorry Seems to Be, you know, he was massive. But you look at him now in, that, in this last two decades, you know, he's just gone from strength to strength and he's just so mm. incredible. And I, I can't believe I actually had an opportunity to work with him. I'm so grateful that he, he oh, said he's an yes. icon. He is. Like you, He's Ryan. an absolute icon. And he, like like you. you are such a smooth talker. <laughs> You're a smooth talker. Um, Dunk, this is going to be quite a hard question, actually. Okay. I'm going to ask it. What's your favourite song from you and the boys? What's my favourite song? Um, I have always, for some, I don't know why, I've always loved Flyby. I, I don't know. It was just one of them songs that when we wrote it um, in, in Norway, it was just, I just remember the vibe when we all were in the studio together. And um, I don't know, it was just, it was just great. And then what, what Stargate did was the original version for the album, or the version that we actually made, was completely different to the song that was released for the radio. They did it. It was called Fly By Two was the radio edit. And he put um, the Biggie Smalls sample. They put Biggie Smalls sample in the beginning of it. And I remember when we heard it back, we were just like, oh my God, this is like nothing to like how we recorded it. Yeah. And the album version is completely different. So when we heard the the, the Fly By Two version, I was just like, oh, this is this is brilliant. And it's still to this day, like when we get to perform it, I absolutely love it. It's a tune. I've got, I'm going to, I think you know mine actually. My favourite song of yours is Breathe Easy. Yeah. One of my favourites. You love a ballad, you. No, oh, I do like a ballad. Do like a ballad on that. You know me. Um, Dunk, you, you went through quite a, t- a time with your sexuality mm. you know you've got your beautiful daughter yeah it must have been really really difficult for you to be in such a big boy band you know you've got i suppose keeping up appearances is something that you guys always needed to do when did you sit there and decide you know what this is something that i need to do for me now and take that leap i suppose you could say i think being in a in such a public boy band um with majority of fans being female it was really hard for me to actually have the courage to come out because I was scared on so many different levels on so many different things and um to be honest I didn't quite understand too much about um my own sexuality at that time I was just really confused so I was kind of just like all over the place and what with the height of the fame and everything it was just one of those things where I kind of buried it inside me and I didn't want to accept it I didn't want to think about it and we didn't have any kind of television programs that embraced 
the LGBT plus community back then. You know, there was there was no RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm. There there was no TV shows like It's a Sin. Yeah. You know, I think the closest thing we got to anybody being um, a gay icon was Nadia from Big Brother. God bless her. Big Brother with my cigarette. Not funny now, you bully. Yes. I mean, amazing. I mean, she was the original, do you know what I mean, in, in many ways. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until, I guess... Uh, people were being visible on our screens. Um, mm. That it gave me the kind of strength and the courage, I guess, to actually think, right, I need to be visible too. Um, and it was really difficult back then because I'm from the era where, you know, newspapers wanted to name and shame you and, mm -hmm. and uh, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I remember Stephen Gately, bless him, God rest his soul, um, he came out, um, in, in a newspaper and um, I just was so terrified that it was going to be me next. Yeah. Um, at, to the point where I got, I was, I was just turned 30 and I was in a secret relationship with a guy and I just felt that it was just a matter of time before something was going to come out and um, I just felt... Like a bomb. Yeah, it was like a ticking time bomb. And I just felt I had to take the bull by the horns and do a story and, um, and I did. And to be honest, I was absolutely shitting myself when that story was going to come out. I knew mm. the paper were going to run it and, you know, I'd done an interview with them. And I just wanted to run away and hide because I didn't know if I was going to be queer bashed in the streets. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and I was petrified. But to be fair, it was the best thing I ever did. And I think when you're living with one of those secrets inside you and you're frightened to come out, I think everything is magnitude on a, on a you know, magnified on a great big level. Mm. And I was really, really, really scared that everything was going to, my world was going to come crashing down. But actually, in hindsight, it was never as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And um, when I came out, it was obviously like a huge weight had been lifted. And I was just really grateful that um, I wasn't beaten up in the streets. <laughs> yeah. And what were the what were the boys like? What was what was management like? The boys were really supportive of me. Um, I think, to be fair, like Simon and Lee had an inkling. I mean, Anthony Blessing was gobsmacked. He didn't even realise. I just thought, wow, <laughs> blimey, kept that kept that well, didn't Classic I? I kept that, yeah, he didn't. You know, he was really shocked. Bless him. But I guess he hasn't got much of a gaydar. Um, <laughs> But 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 Lee and Sai, I think they had an inkling and, um, you know, they were just, everyone was really supportive, to be fair. I mean, it must be a big decision to make, like you say, being not only in the public eye, but being in a boy band as well. You mm. mentioned Stephen, bless him, and, you know, and Mark as well from Westlife, I remember when he did it. And it's, it. I, I don't know what it is about boy bands, but when someone in a boy band comes out, it seems to be a lot bigger than any other profession in this industry did you find that yeah i mean I, I i guess because your fan base is predominantly women so it's more of a kind mm. of shock isn't it it's that more of a shock but yeah. it shouldn't be like why why you know and i think nowadays thank god it's a lot easier to come out i think um, yeah. and i think we, there is a lot more visibility on our screens mm. um and and I think it makes things a little bit easier because people just understand that there's nothing wrong in being gay. Yeah. Where no. I think a lot of the time beforehand, there was not much talk about it. So there wasn't any kind of education or understanding. Mm. And it was kind of like almost looked down upon. I mean, I remember my grandparents were very kind of 
from that era where I wasn't even allowed to watch Kenny Everett in our house. Really? Uh, and as a little boy, I used to think Kenny Everett was blooming hilarious. You know, we used to do the leg crossing over and stuff. Mm. And if he came on the television screen, I remember my grandmother used to literally get up and turn the TV over. And, uh, we, you know, it was disgusting to watch somebody like that. And I grew up with that around me. And I think, no disrespect to my grandparents, but, you know, they were from a very different era where there was no talk or understanding or anything about mm. queer life, you know, and, um, and anything like that. And it was kind of looked down upon as disgusting, which is so wrong. Yeah. Um, and um, so I was brought up in a household where... You know, I wasn't even able to really express my myself because I just felt ashamed to do it. Um, and um, I guess they're just from a different generation, a different era. But thankfully, everything's moved on so well and so so fast um, to how things were. And I think people's perception now is completely different and people are a lot more understanding and accepting, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, I think that's because of people like you that are in the public eye who did decide to be honest with yourself, let alone everyone else, and actually say, yeah, this is me. I'm the same person as I was yesterday, as you thought I was, and that's it. And I just yeah. think now for, especially the kids growing up today in the sort of teens and, and people like that, you know, we're, we're not dissimilar in age, me and you. We're not that far off. And I just remember being at school and, and growing up and you would... I think I was on the cusp of it still being a bit taboo, but at the mm. same time, it being a little bit more visible. Like you said, like with shows like Big Brother and, and, and things like that, that everyone loved to watch, like everyone was watching. It did sort of normalise it. Yeah. And you're right. And um, characters like I, I mentioned, like Nadia and stuff, were just fantastic. And they really helped, I think, carve the way for so many... Um, so many people to to feel that they can be who they want to be. And just by being visible was such an impact. Yeah. And it helped so many people's lives. I agree. Well, I think we should have a big reunion. I would love a big reunion. Who have you got for me? Cool. How long have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the reunion brought to you by Bingo. She's done it. Sorry, I can't help myself. Back to the show, please. A bit embarrassing. Talking of big reunions, I'm about to bring in Double Bubble. Because you were on the big reunion, you and the boys. Yeah. And it was probably my teenage self's wet dream. I've got to be honest. <laughs> it was unreal to see all of these people in the same arena. But let's bring in the gorgeous Selena from The Honeys and Richie from Five. Hello, guys. Hey. Hello. Look at you two. Selena, how are you, babe? I'm really well. How are you? I'm really good. Listen, money can't buy a honey. Let me tell you that. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> She's clicking her fingers. Uh, Richie, how are you, mate? I'm fantastic. Thanks, Ryland. It's so nice to see you both. And me and Dunk have just been having a really lovely chat about sort of being in the industry and being part of pop at the time that pop was the thing that we all loved. Um, and obviously you guys all know each other. You would have seen each other over the years, but you did all do the big reunion together. Dunk, what's it like seeing the guys? Well, Selena hasn't aged at all. I mean, I, I want to know what the beauty secrets are because she still looks you know, in her 20s. <laughs> and it's just lovely to see Richie. I get to see Richie now and again. We pop up at kind of gigs and 
you know, here, there and everywhere. So it's lovely. It's always nice to see Richie. Your hair's got long, Richie. Well, I've gone through the pain of growing it. I'm going to keep it long for a bit, you know, because there's that horrible phase where it's neither in nor there. But I also want to let everyone into a secret because I can't stand us calling Duncan Duncan. It's spunky. <laughs> spunky. <laughs> you, you boys always... They've always called me Spunky. Yeah, where did that name come from? I don't know. Wasn't it the wasn't it your your band called you Spunky and they told me yeah. and I that just stuck for me. It was like, yes, Spunky. Yeah, Spunky. Yeah, I yeah, I guess like the boys in blue, they always call me Spunky and and you boys all call me Spunky. So yeah, it's I don't know, it's just kind of stuck. I'm actually going to rename this reunion Spunky Dunky. Yeah. <laughs> Spunky Dunky's big reunion. Oh, well, I mean, that's a night out, let me tell you. That is a night out. Um, Selena, the honeys, we absolutely adored, lived for. Um, yeah. What are your best memories from that sort of time when you and the girls got together and got out there and literally just got that overnight fame? You know what? The best days were the early days when we had no money and we were like bunking train fare to get to the studio and just we had that pure passion yeah. to make music. And to me, those are the days that I see as the best days. And just hanging out with the girls mm. before we got famous, you know, when we got famous, we got so busy that we just, we lost. We just didn't know ourselves. We didn't know what we were doing. We were here, there, living out of a suitcase. Yeah. It was crazy. No, I can imagine. And Rich, was it similar for you as well? Well, it's funny because it struck a chord what Selena said was that something that sort of shocked me, because um, we, you know, we were quite quick from sort of being normal guys put together to being in the top 10 and, and, and sort of doing it. Yeah. And to me, like being in a band was about going out and playing crowds and, you know, and, and performing and, and stuff like that. And I very quickly realised that there was so much other boring stuff that you like had to do that was just like yeah this wasn't I wasn't expecting all like yeah um you know and that's just not what you got into it to go out and play to crowds and and make the music in the studio and most of it wasn't that you know absolutely and Rich you know I was having a good chat with Dunk earlier and he was just saying you know he found the pressures of being in a boy band quite difficult you know you've got a lot of adoring female fans and you know you've got an image to to upkeep Duncan obviously went through a really personal journey with him and his sexuality did you feel that being part of the band a little bit like Selena was saying actually you know you just became so busy and you feel like you might have lost yourself a little bit 100% and I've said that only it's taken me nearly 20 years to remind myself who Rich was before the band, if, if, if fully, if you know what I mean, to sort of process it, mm. and process sort of what I went through. So in a sense, yeah, and I think for me, in those days, I was, you know, the blue-eyed kind of cute one, if you like. It, in, you know, that was like the character the record company wanted me to be and fulfil that role. Mm. And that actually really isn't me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I'd so, so... You're a bit of a lad. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, like, I suppose it just, yeah. But it's a lot of pressure because then people think that's what you are. So then in mm. your sign, kind of in your, I suppose, immaturity, you combat that by going too far the other way to prove yourself as not that. And then you're in this kind of tug of war of... With yourself, with yourself. Yeah, yeah. And Selena, on the flip side, you know, a girl group, 
is the total opposite to the boy group. Mm. And the pressures there are slightly different. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but being in a girl group, there's a hell of a lot of pressure on image. How did you find that? Well, we had so many fights about clothes, what, who was going to wear what. Um, image was nothing we ever thought about before until we mm. got into the band. And then suddenly it was like they started pigeonholing us, like, you've got to be the sexy one, you're the street one, you're the one who sings. And suddenly we were like, okay, so we have roles. I yeah. just want to sing. And that was it. And also for me, when I joined the Honeys, I didn't want to be a lead singer. I kind of just wanted to stand on the side and 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 click. You know, that was my thing. I just thought, oh, I'll join this group and I'll just let them get on with it. <laughs> just literally stand on the side and click. And then Yeah. Oh, that is a strong That's... click. That is a strong That's a single. There's a single in that. <laughs> but yeah, as as we kept going to the studio, the management kept pushing me forward and going, Oh, you need to sing this one. Okay, you should sing this one. And I found myself singing everything, which then put other people's mm. noses out of joint. And that's when the hostility kind of started within the band. But um, it was not anything that I wanted to start. It was just literally the management company coming in and saying, right, we want this one to do that and that one to do that. And in those days, mm. you listen and you just you do what you, you know, you want to be famous. So you do what these people are telling you to do. But then obviously there are cracks within the band that are really starting and can't be healed, you know? You were the Nicole Scherzinger? Yeah, basically. Of the honeys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> you flick that hair. Flick that hair, Selena. Um, but no, but do you know what? I find it so interesting because obviously I grew up with, with all of you guys and your music and literally... I remember my 13th birthday party making CDs for the party. You were all on there, obviously. <laughs> and it's just crazy to sit there and think that, you know, we see this image. And now being in the industry myself, I'm, I'm fully aware. It's although we go out there and smile and do our job. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of times where you think, I don't want to smile today. Or I, I don't feel like smiling today. There's a lot going on here. But Selena, hearing that, especially within the group, I mean, for Duncan, total opposite. Him and the boys, they never really argued. They always got on. If there was any disagreements, it was kiss and make up, we're fine. But with you, that sounded a little bit more fractious. Yeah, we were quite fragile uh, young women and we let other people's influences like get into our brains and put us against each other, which mm. we should never have done. We were really good friends to begin with. And as time went on, people would be listening to other people and, and listening to stories. Oh, this person said this about you. Or, you know, Selena thinks she's it because she wants to sing everything. And it wasn't like that. It was I was just being made to sing everything because no. that was my job and I had to do it. And I was a young girl from Hounslow who wanted a break. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah. It, it was just horrible how it panned out because we just started to not really know who we were, you know, beside and we didn't know each other really. And we didn't, I didn't trust either mm. one of them either because I wasn't sure what they were saying about wow. me behind my back. Like it just got really silly um, and just felt like a horrible place to be and work didn't feel like work anymore. It felt like hard work, you know, somewhere that I just didn't want to go daily. What about now? I mean, where are you now with the girls? Well, now is it's crazy because Mariama and I do gigs together and we get on really well. Um, and so that works now. The two of us just go out and we don't want a third member because there's always a dynamic that just 
doesn't work and we found that over the years yeah i still talk to heavenly still talk to neymar and find out how they are because i do really care about them um as people and out of this group i want to know that they're okay you know um and it's all good in that way but we just can't do the group thing when the group comes together the insecurities happen and i think it's a lot to do with our yeah. management company we we didn't have a great management company i remember my first top of the pops feeling really scared about going on stage my manager leaning over to me and going i think you need to lose a couple of pounds <gasps> and oh. yeah and that's just before I was about to go on stage. I mean, and that's horrible people management. That's not, yeah. fun. you know, even if, let's say, they, they wanted that conversation with you, just before you go on Top of the Pops is not Literally. the time. Yeah. My first Top of the Pops. No. And I just thought, why has he said that? And then I've, I'm thinking, God, I look fat. And suddenly I'm just so nervous. And I'm, when I look back on it now, I cringe because I hate looking at that first Top of the Pops because I'm thinking about that moment before I went on stage yeah. and before when he said that to me and I can hear the nerves in my voice, like I'm singing and my voice is like shaking. And that was like yeah. my first kind of psychological damage from my management. And it continued and it continued with all of us really? to the point that, you know, we didn't know who we were after two years, just didn't know. Oh, Selena, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good time. But you're good now. I'm good now, you know, now I'm an adult. <laughs> And I can take control of what I do now, you know. And I really enjoy doing gigs now because we choose what we do. And it's just Mariama and I. We don't have that that management around us. Like now I'm 44 years old. I'll be able to mm. guide my daughter if she wanted to go into this kind of thing and tell her the sort of people she should be around. My parents didn't have a clue. Of course not. You know, bless them. They were just like, yeah, yeah you know, this is brilliant. You're on TV, you know, but they didn't know what I was going through behind the scenes mm. and now I look at it as a learning experience and something that I've learned from I don't let it affect me I realize that it did affect me because no. I went through depression and anxiety and everything after the group ended for years I wasn't able to do anything um and I wish that I hadn't been so weak now I wish that I had picked myself up a little bit no it's not it's it's, it's not weak it's not weakness I think we all know that we've all yeah. I mean I've been through something similar not not so long ago um and it was something i thought i would never feel i never mm. ever thought that i would feel so low like i just mm. didn't think it was in my remit because i got everything i ever wanted i'm lucky but i don't think now it's about weakness i think it's something that maybe we all experience to some level yeah. and i do think it does make you a stronger person i really really yeah. do it does but i think you've hit on on something because all of my band members went through something similar and you know what you're talking about kind of you just hit the nail on the head you kind of you achieved your dreams right most people think when i get to my dreams and i achieve it i will be happy mm -hmm. and what you realize is mm -hmm. actually what's next I'm, I'm kind of not you so you start going okay why 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 am i not yeah. happy? you know and that's you know, it's like yeah. almost the, the path to self-actualization. God, this is getting so hippy, man. <laughs> but it is, you know. And there's no help. Like, you know, like when we came out and things went wrong, you didn't know what to do afterwards. You didn't know where to go. You didn't know where to turn. You didn't know who would understand you. Because most people would go, what are you talking mm. about? You're feeling low. You, you're in a, a pop band that sold millions of records all over the world. You should be lucky. You should be happy. Yeah. You know, but... 
and so you find like you you close into yourself because you don't know who to turn to, who yeah. to talk to, and where you should go. And it's a really difficult position to be in. Yeah. And Rich, are you are you happy? Yeah. Do you know what I am now? Um, you know, the band's great. You know, we go out, we gig, and it and you know, like I mentioned earlier about how there was a lot of other stuff that you had to do that was just sort of seemed not irrelevant but just tedious part of the deal yeah yeah whereas now like i'm doing it for exactly the reason that i got into it for mm. i go out and i and i and i rock the crowds and i love it i love every minute of it and then i go home you know i support my family or you know support my daughter and um yeah and it, you know it's a great life and i truly appreciate that you know i i know that now you know i go I mean, sometimes me and the boys, you know, we'll be in an airport or whatever, having a pint, and we'll be like, we're really lucky, aren't we? Like, what a life we live. We go, we play yeah. the festivals around, and then we go home. Um, so, yeah, you know, true appreciation and, and, and joy, yeah. Well, do you know what? I'm so thrilled that the pair of you have joined this today. I've, I've had such a lovely chat with Duncan, um, and to, to get you guys back in, let me just say this, when we're allowed... I'm taking you all out for a dinner because <laughs> I just want to have a little fangirl moment over a little risotto. Is that all right? That would be lovely. Selena, Richie, thank you so much, guys, and we'll catch Cheers. up soon. See you, right. See you, Lots of love. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Dunk, how was that? Yeah, it was lo- lovely to see the guys. Do you know what was quite interesting about that is that speaking to you and saying how you boys are and still are now is uh, seems quite rare. Doesn't yeah, it? It made me actually. Like I was listening to that, listening to, you know, seeing what Selena went through, seeing what the boys from Five went to. I mean, I think that there's three of them now, isn't there, that they go out with? And I know Jay left many mm. years ago and um, yeah. they had issues with some of their with some of their members and stuff. But it made me feel really lucky that actually, despite all the other shit that we went through personally, as a group, we actually didn't go through anything like that mm. thank god mm. um i actually still to this day um you know we speak i speak to the boys pretty much every single day we've got our own little whatsapp group and um when we do gigs now and again and stuff we we have a lovely little time together and uh yeah we're very lucky with that respect but i felt so sorry listening to selena to hear actually of what she went through and probably really hated being in the band. Yeah, it's sad. It is really, really sad. But I think it's just a testament to the four of you. I said this right at the beginning that you four are just such decent, normal blokes. And um, I think that's really helped you over the last 20-odd years because you are where you are now. And like you say, you're all still talking, you're all still on good terms. And I think maybe the management right in the beginning knew what was going to work. Maybe sometimes they do know the right things. Maybe sometimes they uh, they just get it right. Maybe that was the reason they got rid of those two boys on the on the day of signing. Do you know what I mean? They are. They are. You never know. You never know. Dunk, I'm going to ask you two more questions. Okay. And then I've got one question for you. <laughs> oh, really? You've got yeah, a question? Got right, a question. go on, no, you can do your question for me first. Okay. Well, obviously, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I love the fact that you have come into this industry and you've just done so well. You just completely slayed it. And obviously, your presenting has really taken off. Um, big fan of your Radio 2 show and everything else, everything that you do. But I want to ask you a question is, will we ever hear another song from Rylan? Because you started off as a singer. Oh, 
does the country deserve that? Haven't we been for enough for the last two years? <laughs> do you Dunks? miss singing? I do miss singing, but I will say this. You won't hear another song from Rylan. Okay. But what's to say it wouldn't be Rylan? Ah. If that makes sense. Okay. We'll just park that there then. Who knows? Who knows? We'll just park yeah. that there. We'll just a little cliffhanger there. there. But, um, you know, I'll just ring you afterwards and tell you. I, know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I do want to ask you, though, if you had to have one reunion that you really did not want, who would it Oof, be and why? Gosh. Um, and you can be honest, it's only me and you, babe. It's only me and you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm one of these people, as you probably know me, that I just get on with everybody. I've, I've never really had... I fall out with anybody. Yeah. I'm not that kind of. I'm not that kind of person, really. Mm. So there's nobody really that I've actually not got on with. I actually believe you. I'm not one of them people that falls out with people. Do you know what I mean? I'm just not. And if I do fall out with somebody, it yeah. really eats me up, and I have to kind of find a way to to make things good again. Um, but no, there's there's nobody over the years that I've actually fell out with in a bad way. Um, I think there was one person that I had a big old fallout with um, who was in Big Brother, and he was called Spencer. And I remember there was this big story in the newspaper, and uh, he he came for me at this gig, and I remember the boys jumping in, and it all kicked off, and there was going to be a bit of a fight. But that was the only person I've ever had a little ding-dong with in, in all the years, Spencer from Big Brother. <laughs> Spencer from Big Brother 3 is the only person yeah. I've had a ding-dong with. Yeah. I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. I will take that. Um, I've got one final question for yes. you, Duncan. And it's a nice one. It's not a bad one. If we were to reunite in 10 years' right. time, just me and you, where is Duncan James? Ooh. Um, maybe waking up next to you, Rylan. <laughs> <laughs> now you're a single man. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, for God's sake. I'm joking, but I'll keep sake. it clean. Um, where would I be in 10 years? Actually gone um, I don't know. I, do you know what? I just want to think that in 10 years' time, I'm happy and healthy. I think that's all we can have in this world. And I think we've all gone through a horrible pandemic and so many people have lost their lives. And I just want to make sure that in 10 years' time, i still got my mum, i still got my daughter, and I'm still healthy, and I'm still friends with the boys, and none of us have popped our clogs. I mean, what a way to end the podcast <laughs> on Pop Your Clogs. I mean, you can't go wrong. Dunk, um, I love you, mate. I love you um, too. I think you're amazing. And thanks for being so honest. Um, and this has been really special. So thank you oh, so nice. much for doing it. And I can't wait to see you soon. I will see you soon. Love you, Dunk. Oh, what an amazing chat with the ledge that is Duncan James. I'm sure we are going to be seeing those blue boys very, very soon. Uh, I want to say a massive thank you to Duncan, obviously, uh, to Richie and Selena. As a 90s kid, that was quite impressive for me. I was a bit like, oh, it's Richie from Five, it's Selena from the Huddies and Duncan from Blue. And I've got to say about Duncan as well, what a legend, proper open, really honest. And that's what I love about this podcast. People just seem to want to tell me things. That's absolutely fine with me. And maybe we'll go for that dinner. Who knows? Listen, make sure you check out all the rest of my reunion episodes. And if you haven't already subscribed, hit that button now. And I'll see you very soon for another reunion. Take care.